Hello, Seattle hockey fans. This is Erica Lindsay Ayala, your host of Locked on Kraken. As always, I want to thank you for making Locked on Kraken your first listen. I did a live preview show with Jason Hernandez, so we have a hashtag squadcast coming up for you. I'm going to break this, though, into two audio pieces. So if you want to watch the full thing through and through, head over to Locked on Kraken on YouTube. And while you're there, why not subscribe? Hit like on a few videos. We are integrating fully onto YouTube. Very excited about that. But for the purposes of audio only, I am going to break this up into two little bite-sized pieces. Everything you need to know about the Anaheim Ducks versus the Seattle Kraken coming up today, Thursday, that being November 12th. We're headed back to Climate Pledge Arena to see if the Seattle Kraken can get back into the win column against a Pacific Division rival, no less. Had a great time with Jason Hernandez. Make sure you're following Locked on Ducks everywhere you and anywhere you get podcasts. But here is our Squadcast episode. Hello, Seattle hockey fans, and maybe also Los Angeles hockey fans as well. We are going live with a preview show because tomorrow is a Seattle Kraken and an Anaheim Ducks game day. But I'm not alone in the studio. I am joined by Jason Hernandez of Locked on Ducks. JD, how are we doing? What's up? How's it going? It's going well. I know we have done a green room, Spotify green room together. This was like, I think before I was even official as the host of Locked on Kraken, but we have never gone live on a live stream on YouTube together. I'll diverge for a second. We did green room, not just for hockey. We did green room for the WNBA. That's right. Because I have yes. so many thoughts about what just happened. So many thoughts, I mean, so con- many congrats things. Congrats to Candace Parker for winning it for her hometown of Sweet Home Chicago. I can't sing here. Sweet Home <laughs> Chicago. Yep. So pro- I love props it. to the Chicago sky on that. But anyway. Absolutely. JD, we have so much to get into, including, of course, some breaking news that has yeah. happened since we announced this live stream. We're going to get into all of that. But as always, we want to thank you for making Locked on Kraken your first listen or Locked on Ducks your first listen, depending on where your loyalties lie. But coming up on this show, we're going to preview tomorrow night's game at Climate Pledge Arena. The Uh Seattle Kraken will be hosting the Anaheim Ducks. And oh boy, the numbers are not looking good for the Kraken, but we'll get into that and much more on this crossover episode, or as I like to say, Squadcast episode. But, uh, you know, let's roll that funky, funky music. Yeah. <laughs> On Kraken, your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. All right, JD, we are live, and I don't know. Already, the chat is already. <laughs> The chat, the Kraken faithful in the house, love to see it. 
it's all love though in the Pacific Division. We know the Pacific oh, Division doesn't doesn't get that much love here. But JD, before oh, we get into, I, I know, <laughs> I, know I know, right? I mean, no I want to get into that for a hot second. You see the power rankings. You see the yes. disrespect that the Ducks had on that twenty second. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Twenty second. Thanks yeah. for bringing that up. Yeah, it was a little bit brutal. The power rankings have been tough. Definitely have kept our uh, locked on uh, kind of group chat buzzing. So the the Ducks at 22, the Kraken up up a few spots uh, or up a spot at 27. I mean, respectfully, yeah. I'm like, mm, are we though? Are we? I don't know. There's, I, worse, I honestly, there's worse teams out there. There, uh, this is true. It just feels, you know, it's just so intimate because obviously it's I run a daily podcast on it's the crack. Disrespect. <laughs> Come on. It's intense. It's intense. We can go over that a little bit later. But JD, I want to tee you up first to talk about mm-hmm. yourself, talk about your show, and then the big news coming from the Ducks. Yeah, so I've been covering hockey for this is my eleventh season now. Them are in the American Hockey League. I've been covering the San Diego Goals for a few years, and much love to the San Diego fans in there because I got to give them enough love. Uh, I do have a Thursday show that I devote to the San Diego Goals every week. Aside from that, uh, the podcast is locked on Anaheim Ducks, and the Twitter, which is the show Twitter, is at l underscore ducks. And if you could do the split screen again, my personal Twitter is down there. At Stimpy JD, which is that show that your parents probably were like, "You're watching that. You're watching. <laughs> you're watching Ren and Stimpy." <laughs> is that where it comes from? I love that, it. Yeah. So that was my nickname <laughs> all through middle school was Stimpy. Oh wow! I, I was did always not very happy, that. happy, joy, joy. I love it. I love it. That's fantastic. I did not realize that that's what that reference was. I, I, I love that comment. I love that comment. It's going <laughs> to pop up right now. This one right here? Yes. No real, no love. Disrespect. Every team in the Pacific. Yeah, it's it's brutal. It's because no one wants to stay up and watch our games. That's what it is. <laughs> they're, they're exciting. <laughs> They definitely are. They definitely are. Well, JD, you're you're, you're missing out on hat tricks and goalie. Come on. You know, I have to bring up that hat trick. Oh, yeah. Eberly. Oh, that was fantastic. Eberly. I like Eberly. We don't have the triple J line together. Although McCann was recall is off of the COVID uh, protocol list. So glad that Jared McCann is back in action. We Mm -hmm. probably will see him against Anaheim, but before we get too much into the matchup, uh, JD or Stimpy JD, (laughs) uh, there was some pretty big news coming from the ducks. I know you've talked about it on locked on NHL, but why don't you just refresh everyone who hasn't, gotten a chance to listen to that what is happening with the anaheim ducks right now well it all started yesterday when the news came out that there were accusations of quote improper professional conduct against bob murray so they hired an independent investigator and what happened with that was they had an internal review and their first findings was that there was abuse there was harassment all kinds of stuff going on with bob murray So in the interim, they decided to put him at the time on administrative leave. 
And when I talked with Sarah Avampato and Jess Balmasto from Locked On NHL this morning, um, Sarah brought up that if you're typically on administrative leave, you typically do not come back for that. You, you don't. So then the news, you know, further came along. Like now we're finding that there may have been like some intimidation tactics. Mm. Uh, there was word that from coaches, staff members, that he was threatening job security for some people. And there was also um, allegations of aberration. And this is on the heels of what happened with Chicago recently. And I think the memo had a little bit to do with that. If I may talk about the memo really quick. Yeah, please. So there was a memo that went out to all 32 clubs saying that they were required to immediately underlined, immediately report conduct on or off the ice that is clearly inappropriate, unlawful, or demonstrably abusive, or that may violate the league's policies. So I feel like once that memo went out, then more people had the empowerment to say something. And that's what wound up happening. And that's how we got that investigation against now former GM Bob Murray. Wow. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you bringing that up because we just did a Locked On Presents roundtable with a few Locked On NHL hosts. And we talked briefly about the memo is definitely in the timeline of things, but it wasn't a central focus. If I'm being honest of that conversation, for those who listen to Locked On Kraken, you should expect that for Friday's episode. Mm -hmm. But um, I think what's important though, is that myself included, I was kind of skeptical when the NHL and Gary Bettman was saying, well, we have a hotline and, you know, we have a protocol and people know to follow the protocol and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, okay, Gary, but we've kind of heard that before, whether yeah. it's, what Same. We, yeah. Right. Like, Chicago, you know, we're, we're getting the the third party reporting again. That report came out 107 pages, and then all of a sudden, now we want to make sure that all of the the ways and touch points for people to report abuse is airtight. But this is coming after Akeem Aliou. It's coming after, I mean, Babcock. It's coming after a lot of uh -huh. other people that similarly. And when I say similarly, I mean abuse, not the same type of abuse, because of course we're talking sexual assault, trigger warning, excuse me. We're talking sexual assault in the case of the Blackhawks, but as you were talking with right. the Ducks, it's intimidation. And with Akeem Aliou, it was blatant racism. So uh, the situations are are not you know, a one for one, a like for like, but they are, are similar and they are the same in that a lot of times we're hearing that people who are a part of the National Hockey League, whether it's for a moment or for their career, do not feel right. empowered and confident and comfortable, one, to report, or even when they do report, that those reports will be taken seriously. And on top of that, uh, because no one was able to report anything, these actions happened repeatedly over Correct. and over and over again. And that was, and actually from like multiple team sources, there was repeated verbal abuse and harassment of players, coaches, other personnel. That's really tough. That's yeah. tough to and, hear. And there was also some temper tantrums as well. Uh, there was a story that came out a dozen years ago that kind of got overlooked at the time and now is going to come back to light. Um, I don't know if you remember that Bob Murray actually threw a chair at someone after a game. 
Wow. So, yeah. So for those that are unaware, uh, 12 years ago, game seven of a Pacific division semifinal between not a division, it was a conference between the Red Wings and the Ducks. And it was Bob Murray that swung a chair around in anger and it accidentally struck a woman. Oh boy. And, but that case was dismissed Yikes. after all that. So that yeah. was kind of swept under the rug. So this is, this is stuff that has been happening for years. And it, it, my question is how could they allow this to go on this far? Now that we have this hotline, now that we're more empowered to speak out on this stuff, I'm hoping that these are further steps to bettering the league in general. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we hope for. And, you know, we talked about it on the Locked On Presents, which is uh, the round table. Have to give stick taps to Armando yeah. Velez and Jay and Rachel and Anne who came on there. And again, that will come later this week on Locked On Kraken. But, um, you know, as we talked about, unfortunately, we're probably going to have an opportunity to revisit some of these protocols Already we're seeing with the Ducks. Uh, we'll see yeah. if it happens again. But if we can, and I know Emily Kaplan from ESPN was reporting that uh, in talking to some of the players because of that memo, but also because of, I think, just the general response and conversation that's happening in light of that 107-page report because of the sexual assault in the Chicago Blackhawks Hawks organization, excuse me, that players are realizing that their voice will be heard um, and that this is an opportunity now for them to talk about when there has been inappropriate behavior at any and all levels. Um, and so hopefully that is what we can glean as a positive is that players are getting their voice and feeling empowered to speak up not only when something has happened to them, but hopefully, and this is important, I think, uh -huh. JD, also when they see something that is happening to somebody else. I, I hope we see more of that later on down the line. I hope so. Yeah, here's hoping. It's a sport that we obviously all love. We dedicate a yeah. lot of time to it. And so here's hoping that that is what's coming down the pike. But coming up yeah. next on this special squad cast, JD and I are going to dive deep into our two respective teams as they are preparing to go head-to-head -to -head tomorrow in Seattle at the brand spanking new Climate Pledge Arena, but uh, yeah. JD, you know we got to talk about uh, the moneymaker here. We got to yeah. do our moneymaker here, and we're going to talk about betonline.ag. Yeah, they're the one place that has us covered, the one place that we trust. And, you know, baseball just ended, but there's still football going on. There's still basketball going on. You know, got our SoCal teams, Lakers and Clippers. They're doing their thing. And, of course, you have – the National Hockey League, and I saw the bet online odds. The Ducks are considered the favorite, finally, for a game. <laughs> it's about time. So, yeah. <laughs> maybe you want to put a little money on the Ducks for tomorrow's game. Hint, you probably should. <laughs> Check out betonline.ag. They have all the current lines going on. And, hey, there's a promo code on betonline.ag, isn't there? There sure is a promo code. You can head to betonline.ag. You can use your desktop, your laptop, your tablet, mobile device. And if you head over 
to betonline.ag and you make your first deposit uh, using promo code locked on, you will get a 50% welcome bonus. That's five zero percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. And like JD said, we've got hockey covered, but it's also football, basketball, and even your favorite favorite Vegas casino games because bet online yeah. is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, JD. Yeah, that's right. So once again, promo code locked on gets you a 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag, which by the way is the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Yes, indeed. <laughs> like, bet online is where the game starts. <laughs> bet responsibly. Don't bet on the Arizona Coyotes. Oh. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> Maybe unless they're playing the Kraken. Still don't do it. Still don't do it. Still no. Oh, man. No. Sorry, crack, Robin. Hope crack, you're not watching. The Kraken are going to win the rest of those games this season. They have to. And you know what? Yeah. We're going to take a minute now. To yeah, actually, into... um, there was there was one further thing that I forgot to mention about the Bob Murray thing, then we'll move on. Oh, yeah, that, sure. Go for it. There was one more thing that we forgot to talk about. Uh, the other reason that he said that he's resigning from his post is because he entered the alcohol abuse program. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is this is very similar to what happened a year ago, and I have to bring this up. Uh, this exactly happened with Jim Montgomery from the Dallas Stars almost two years ago, where even the Stars personnel were saying, you should probably quit. Well, he ended up getting fired from that job from Dallas. Fortunately, fortunately, Montgomery has been given a second chance. He is now sober and working with the St. Louis Blues. So kind of like the redemption arc, like to try to end on a positive note there. But Yeah, you know, and obviously we've seen this season that talking about the resources that are available for players mm -hmm. or anyone in the NHL as they're dealing with this, the narrative is changing there as well. It's not yes. great. Uh, some of the comments about Carey Price, not great. Um, but we are also starting to see some support, which I think is great. Um, so yeah. I'm thankful, actually, that you brought that up because it is definitely something to watch. And as critical as I am of the National Hockey League, and I think they warrant it most of the time, mm -hmm. I think it is important to note when potentially things that are put in place are being utilized in the proper way. And I think both of those examples right. Are, are very good to, to mention in this context. Right, and that's why I bring that up. So, Indeed, indeed. So well, we're going to end on a positive note. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but we, uh, again, are here for this hashtag squad cast because our two teams are going to hit the ice in Seattle tomorrow. Um, and, you know, I, I want to get a sense uh, uh, from you about this mm -hmm. Ducks team. We know Anaheim, you know, has a better record than Seattle coming into this game. Mm -hmm. They are seven, four, and three. What have been some of the big takeaways for you, JD, so far with this Anaheim team? I'm going to not scream this, but I'm going to say this somewhat loudly. Hashtag, let the kids play. I've been saying this for a long time. And two of the kids, I'll say it again, let the kids play. Love Jamie it. Drysdale has been big for the Ducks. He was monumental in yesterday's overtime game against the Canucks. And people are talking about John Gibson doing well, Trevor Zegers doing his thing. And then you have Troy Terry, another youngster, only 24 years old. 
he has been resurgent this season. He's leading the Ducks in points, leading the team in goals, leading the team in nice hair, <laughs> among <laughs> other things. Troy Terry is the man right now. I and love I, that. And I look at last night's game, um, and it's a testament to how much he has worked over the past three years. And I covered him in San Diego when he was just a rookie starting out. And one of the things that was going on is he was kind of pressing a little bit. He was putting a lot of pressure on himself and trying to do too much, trying to just do everything by himself. Open, open ice. He takes it by himself. A corner shot takes it by himself. So he tried to do too much. He's learning to play more effectively with his teammates and especially with Ryan Getzloff. I mean, that line has been pretty unstoppable recently. So it's it's been the young guys. But God, no one's talked about Jamie Drysdale last night. I mean, he created the turnover. I mean, yes, Troy Terry, the streak. Yeah, gets off a thousand points. Yeah, no, got to give love to Jamie Drysdale on that filthy secondary assist, just swiping the puck away, getting it to Getzloff, who got it to Troy Terry. So I yeah. love it. I love let the kids play. You know, obviously with an expansion team, we don't really get to benefit from that just yet. Uh, a lot of our kiddos are quite frankly, not with the team, but, uh, you know, and it makes sense in it. So it's a very different situation that the Seattle Kraken have than the Anaheim Ducks. Now, as far as, you know, I asked you about what's working well with, uh, the Ducks for Seattle. We still haven't locked into that consistency. I guess I'll, I'll be nice. Although I rant every day on the podcast about why I think that is particularly some of the defensive breakdowns, but let's, yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Let's look at these numbers though. So you mentioned some of the players that you mentioned, we see right here, Terry, obviously Eberly, who we talked about early leading in points and goals for the Seattle Kraken. Really glad to see that Jordan Eberly has uh, come up and is starting to, to impact this or be an impact player for the Seattle Kraken. That includes the hat trick. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, hey, look, uh, three goals will take it, uh, only if uh, the other team scores less, which unfortunately is usually not the case. But let's look at these team stats. Oh, my goodness. Is there anything? There's one I want to focus on right now that is glaring. The power play for the Anaheim Ducks has been mighty this season. Oh, no, it the power play has made a huge difference. I see you shaking your head there. The now, the now and forever mighty Ducks are in the top five in power play for the (laughs) first time in about a decade. That's how long it's been, and it's been a mix of the kids and the older guys. Uh, one guy that's been quarterback in the power play has been Kevin Shattenkirk who's done a terrific job of mentoring the younger guys, but also having a resurgent season. I think the difference from Shattenkirk this season to last season, he's got the rest. You know, the first season with Anaheim, Shaddy was helping lead the Lightning to the Stanley Cup, and he had maybe, what, a month and a half, two months off, then right back into it. This time, he's got a whole four to five months off, taking care of himself, improving his health apparently he wasn't completely 100 healthy last season so this year what a difference that makes and even that power play number they've had power play goals in their last five games and their power play percentage has been approximately 30 percent in the past five games wow 
we we'd be happy just to get into double digits at this point. The Seattle Kraken power play is terrible. And I can relate. <laughs> so that it was, sounds like that was the Ducks last season. Yeah, it seconds. sounds like you know if we just hold on for a decade, then maybe we'll get something going. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never know. That's why we play the game. So yes, the power play is a pain point for sure. We talk about it all the time on Locked on Kraken. But honestly, how can you not? It's uh, we're the 32nd team and we have the 32nd best power play. There you go. <laughs> Guess what place the Ducks were in last season of power play? 30, 31st because 31st, there was no 30. Yeah. Could, if you no, were in 32nd I'll, I'll place, the, I'll that'd make be the joke. Bad. I'll make the joke. <laughs> The Ducks power play was so historically bad last season that they were 32nd in the league. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so not anymore. Not anymore. Things have turned around. Happy for you, my friend. Now, yeah, the finally. penalty kill is a place where things even out a little bit, but still in favor of the Ducks. I think at times the Seattle Kraken have gotten just silly, sloppy, sloppy, sloppy play that has led to penalties. We've seen some of that, whether it's mental or physical fatigue at the end of periods and certainly at the end of games where the Seattle uh -huh. Kraken are not great. So this will be interesting to see if, if and when they are on the power play or excuse me, on the penalty kill, the Seattle Kraken, um, how they handle that pressure, um, yeah. especially because the Seattle Kraken just love as of late, absolutely love giving up a goal right after they score one. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've noticed that too. I've also noticed the lack of discipline, frankly, with the Kraken taking penalties at really horrible times. And especially against this Ducks power play, you do not want to give the Ducks many chances. They'll burn you. Yeah, absolutely. Not something that we are looking forward to there. Uh, another thing, though, that I want to talk about, and folks that watch the podcast regularly know that I always like to go over to the stats that they bring us, the Seattle Kraken, that is, um, and to talk about where the team, the Seattle Kraken, and then our opponent, in this case, the Anaheim Ducks, mm -hmm. what do these teams score? So, J.D., as I'm pulling this up, do you have a, a good sense? When are the, the mighty, mighty Ducks hot, and when are they not in a 60-minute game? <laughs> they've been hot in the first period recently, so I'm going to say they've been a little bit stronger in the first period and somewhat in the third period as well, because they've overcome some three goal deficits multiple times this season. They shouldn't play from behind. Yeah. Well, that's the same for the Seattle Kraken. Um, we, we just can't get it done, but here we go. All right. Hot or not. So, okay. You were saying as of late, um, so the Anaheim ducks throughout their, uh, what is it? 10, 10, 11 games. You've got 11 games, right? Um, 13. Uh, Oh, well, I'm math is hard, whatever. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was 11. Okay. So in your, in, in the games that you've played, you uh, actually score the most uh, um, in the third period, uh, mm -hmm. but also letting up the most goals in the third period, which is um, kind of similar to the Seattle Kraken in that we let up the most goals in the third period, but we actually are starting to even out scoring either in the first or the third period, which is interesting because usually it's been, um, or the first or second, second, 
or first period. It's usually been that middle frame that's been really good for the Seattle Kraken. But the last handful of games, we've scored in the middle period, in the second period, but we've also given up goals. So we're starting to see that even out. That middle period is kind of the Achilles heel for the Anaheim Ducks. That's where they need to be careful against Seattle. They've gotten hot in the second period on at least three occasions where they just got hot in the second. So I think that's where the Ducks have to be a little bit careful. Um, it, it's a different change, you know, long change versus short change. They got to be careful in second. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously that change certainly makes a difference and it's also about momentum. Yeah, if look the at Seattle, that yes. <laughs> yeah. Talk about it. <laughs> they give up so many shots. I'll, I'll quiz you on this. Can you think of just number wise, how many times, have the Ducks allowed 40 shots or more this season? Okay, so how many games do we say they're, they've played? They've played 13. Out of 13. those 13, how Out of many those times 13. have they given up 40-plus shots? To their opponent. To their opponents. Ooh, ooh okay. Mm, mm. All, right, all right, I'll try not to look at that. Let's say seven. Not that many. <laughs> I don't know. Not that many. Uh, fortunately, only four, but it's four too many. Four too many. Uh, see, I was thinking like, yeah, the, the Seattle Kraken. We so see. Here's the thing: we can we might get forty plus shots, but how many of those are going to convert to goals? Uh, not many, if they're not all high quality shots. I mean, the Seattle Kraken this season, and this is from the eye test watching a few Kraken games because West Coast, Best Coast. Um, <laughs> a lot of their shots have not come in that high danger slot, they haven't come in the trapezoid all that much. And especially games against better opponents, they stay out of the slot. And a lot of their shots are coming from the point, which is not going to cut it because John Gibson will see those shots from about 40 feet out. He'll see them, Mm. but they've got to do a better job of getting up close. I mean, they do a good job of screening, but they just got to get a little closer or get between the dots. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I also think that because they're not getting you know, uh, in deep, they're not getting below the dots. Like you said, they're also not getting very many second chances. So if you're not sniping it from the outside, then that's it. It's one and done for the Seattle Kraken. And that's something that I'd like to see them improve upon. All right. Thank you as always for making Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day. And since we had Jason on, make sure you listen to Locked on Ducks. As you heard, Jason, he is covering the Bob Murray situation with the Anaheim Ducks and has been all across the Locked on NHL network to discuss the goings on there. And I'm sure we'll be continuing to do that. Also, uh, we recorded it at the back end of this episode, but uh, J.D. Hernandez also focuses on the AHL every Thursday, and it looks like there was a pretty good game for the goals. At least it started well for the goals on Wednesday night. So today, Thursday, might be a good time to go check out Locked on Ducks. But once you do that, make sure you also head over to Locked on Bets as part of the Locked on Podcast Network. It is your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. And that is, of course, Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Until tomorrow, on tomorrow's episode, I'm expecting to run the roundtable where we discuss trigger warning, what has been happening 
in Chicago and you heard JD and I talk about it in relation to what is happening with the Ducks. So expect that for Friday and then on Monday we will get back to Seattle Kraken action. Until then, hold fast, stay true, let's go Kraken.